Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Tech Strong Women, where we feature amazing women doing amazing things in tech. I'm Jody Ashley, executive producer here at Tech Strong, and I'm here with my co-host, Tracy Reagan, creator and CEO of Deploy Hub and Linux Foundation participant extraordinaire. I can never keep up with all the stuff she's up to. So I'm just going to give it one big title there. Um, before I introduce today's guest, I want to give you a little update about what's going on here at Tech Strong. Wednesday, April 3rd, we have TechStrong Con 2024, another virtual event. We'll have more information coming soon for that. And Monday to Thursday, May 6th through 9th, you want to join us in San Francisco at RSAC. Uh, Monday, we're going to have our DevOps Connect event. You can sign up to attend. And we're going to be really excited about um, RSAC this year with everything going on. It should be a really great time. Hey, Tracy, what's on your mind today? Well, today is going to be a discussion around AI, I'm quite certain. Um, and this week, just this week, IBM and Meta announced a new um, a new kind of open source um, effort called the AI Alliance um, with, with sort of the goal to um, start building out open source tools around AI, help developers learn to use AI and make it more secure and more standardized. Uh, several companies have uh, joined with that, um, including the Linux Foundation. So I think it's something to start looking out for. Uh, I, I have requested more information about it. I think it's, it's going to be an interesting um, project because it's time that uh, we, you know, we take AI seriously. I mean, we, we hear so many bad things about AI. Elon Musk has got, uh, you know, just announced that it was worse than a nuclear bomb. Um <laughs> <laughs> and maybe in the wrong hands, it might be. Um, he tends to be able to make a lot of money doing very little, it seems. <laughs> he just got, I think his, his ex-AI company, I believe, just uh, filed for a, a billion dollar raise, which I'm sure he'll get. Um, so yeah, making AI safer and making everybody comfortable with AI, I think is important. Um, so AI Alliance, check it out. Cool. I'm, there's a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, IBM's into a lot of fun stuff right now. So thanks for sharing that with us. Hey, so I would love to introduce you to our guest today, Alicia Silberg. Alicia, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Jody, and hi, Tracy. I'm incredibly excited and inspired to be joining you today. I just love listening to you both speak about what you're up to. Um, so I'm Alicia. I'm an entrepreneur and AI investor. Um, I'm obsessed with building companies. Um, I started my first company at five, and that created a lifelong love affair that led me to have a substantial number of companies. Some have been successful. Some have not been as successful. And I eventually became a venture capitalist, and I loved that some amazing companies always focusing on AI and now I'm back in the saddle as an operator building another new AI company um, hopefully wiser and um, having lots of fun doing it so excited to be joining you and talking about all these incredibly important things happening in the world so Alicia let's start from the beginning then what are you currently working on I'm so curious <laughs> you teased us there <laughs> so I teased you there um, well, I'm working on unemployable AI. So this came about as a result of a book I wrote, which was Unemployable, how AI transformed my work and my life. So I've been involved in AI for over 20 years. 
um, it all started with me um, training as a mathematician and actuary and to pass these board exams in 2003, we had to write 13 exams where we had to learn 3000 formula off by heart. I was living in South Africa at the time and they had 40 people in this room and these are 40 of the smartest people in South Africa. And I had this epiphany during this exam, sheet of paper, small calculator and a pencil, you know, multiple choice questions. And I looked around me and I'm like, this country's got these massive infrastructure problems. Remember, Elon comes from South Africa too. So, you know, some really smart people have seen the kind of problems that exist in South Africa that need to be solved. And I sat there and I was like, when I get done with these exams, I'm done with this. I'm not a calculator and I'm not a machine that's going to work at an insurance company. This makes no sense to me. There's going to be a machine created that can do a better job at these calculations than I can. I'm a human and I want to be creative because I'd seen that creative side of mathematics. And I was, I loved that. And I was like, I want to spend my life helping build that machine. And it took a very long time. People thought I was completely crazy. You know, a lot of mentors and that were like, you need to come and work for us. We've got seriously successful insurance companies. And I was like, this makes no sense. Like this, this is not a sustainable way to actually create a future where uh, we leverage our intelligence as humans in the most um, beautiful way possible. And I just kept building. And that eventually um, took me on this journey to build an Excel Force, my AI voice analytics company very early before anyone was doing it. And each step along the way brought me to this point where I was investing in all these companies and I'm seeing these challenges that were being faced and helped all these companies. And I'd have people coming to me the whole time, CEOs, executives saying, I have this problem. Or I had a president coming to me and saying, my country's got this problem. Can your startups help me solve it? And I'd always just done this. And it was a, a love where I'd connect the best AI expert or the best AI tool provider to, to, to the customer. But it wasn't sustainable. And I was like, how do I build a machine which enables the customer to come to tell us their problem and then to help them using machines to solve their problem and ultimately to give them the best experience possible, connecting with the best experts in the world or the best tool provider in the world. The result being that humans are doing what they're doing best and machines are doing what they're doing best and it works in harmony. I know that's a long way of giving you a, a short story, but I like to give the backstory to why I do things. I think it just gives people some context. You know, my first introduction to AI was in actuaries. No way! Okay, yeah. you want to give me yeah. a backstory? I swear, I swear. So I was working for, I was in New York, I was working for IBM Global Services. I was putting in a system for UPS, not an AI system. And I had worked on their first like OS2 presentation manager application and connecting DB2 and OS2. And, 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 OS and one of the... Um, uh, project managers said, hey, Tracy, um, we have a project in at Farmers Insurance in LA. Uh, and it's they want to implement tiers, which was one of their first AI systems. It was really rules-based, but it was it was their one of their first AI systems. And they sent me out to LA for a year. We tried to implement tiers. And what we learned, and it was really clear, was we didn't have the processing power to compete with a human mind. So you were calculating things quicker than a, than the machine could with the data that we had. Isn't that amazing? 
I'm really excited. But that was, you know, that was in the early 90s. It was long, you know, it was before we even really had, uh, you know, we didn't have VM. We were having to run around and find another machine to try to connect (laughs) to increase the processing power. In fact, it, we did it. We tried at night to actually use a bunch of uh, of, of all the, the 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 PCs that were in a room to try to increase the processing power, but it wasn't available. But it is now, and that's why AI is moving so quickly. You know, I, I have to you know give a shout out to Kubernetes and the ability to spin up these um, GPUs that gives us the mental processing power that humans have that the machines didn't back in the nineties. And I think that's why this industry is being pushed. The hardware and the technology on the infrastructure had to catch up in order for AI to be real. You had to be there for the last few decades to see like the backstory to what's being created now. Like I think about when we're building Exceliforce and I try and explain it to people. I was like, we were doing everything from scratch and it was extra, as you were describing, like it was extraordinarily difficult. You'd run into these walls and you're like, I'm just building a voice analytics platform here. And it's like, okay, well, a whole bunch of the stuff doesn't exist. So we have to go and find solutions to all these things in order to solve this problem. So we take it for granted now, but it's a privilege to be living at this time in history where it's just going so quickly and you can just like take it for granted. Like um, two nights ago, I was at an AI um, film festival at USC, the first one. And I saw all these student projects and I was blown away. I was like, wow, like they're at university, they're creating this stuff. So many of these tools are available. And it was impressive. It was really impressive how rapidly, week upon week, these things are changing and evolving. And it happened, you know, it happened too when we went from not to get not to date me too much, but when we went from a flat file system <laughs> to mm-hmm. a relational database. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. completely changed our relationship with data because we had better access to it. We didn't have to read a file that would take, you know, 10 minutes for a result to come back, <laughs> which <laughs> happened, which used to be the case. And now, you know, we, AI is introducing a new way for us to have a different relationship to data, a new way of understanding it, a new way of a new way of leveraging it and harvesting it and making it making it our world better. And I realized we can make, you know, humans can do bad things. And so we can do bad things with data or we can do good things with data. I'm an eternal optimist. I believe that more good things will come from it than bad things. It's an interesting conversation we're having today because I'm in the same boat as you. I couldn't be more excited, but um, I know there's a lot of fear. And I think that's why conversations between like the three of us are having are incredibly important. And I believe that, you know, if we had been leveraging, um, if data had, the, so not to get too political here, but we, ha- we, we are in the middle of a horrible experience that's going on in Gaza and Israel. But there was data that led up to that moment. And I think that your, your, your point about, you know, working with governments um, on, on how to solve problems, I almost feel like AI could have helped prevent what happened on October 7th. I almost feel like there are better strategies and better military strategies can be applied using AI data that can make us a safer world, not a more dangerous world. 
because we know that there was data out there that showed that there was something going to happen, but we didn't as humans decide to act on it for whatever emotional reason that we don't know. But data is, is not emotional. It's all business with data. <laughs> and I'm hoping that we can see a world in the future that, a, that data is used and AI is applied where we can eliminate the emotion and make better decisions. Governments, all the way down from, from starting at government level, all the way down to families. It's an interesting um, challenge we face, the role of the human ego and the power of the AI. Like I've seen it in my own team where um, I recently had an assistant, had a human assistant, had an AI assistant. Now the AI assistant I've been training for years and it was working extremely well. And um, the human assistant, I asked him to perform tasks that usually I'd have someone more senior in the team perform to work with the AI. It was, from my perspective, very straightforward. I confirmed with the human, do you understand? Don't you understand? He's like, I got this. I was like, I like empowering people on my team. I was like, we've seen this work, you know, probably seven years now. It was a complete bloodbath. It took, each time I asked him, how's it going? His feedback was, this is going extremely well. No problem. I'm looking at the data. I'm looking at the outcome. And I'm like, something's not right here. This data doesn't line up. I was very busy at the time. But something kept nagging at me that eventually I got to a point where I'm like, I'm going to dig into the data. Something It doesn't line up. What's what's going on here? Well, it was a complete bloodbath involving uh, in the situation, very, very key contacts of mine, and it had to be rectified. It took three senior people on my team, um, an extended period of time, myself included, took us about six weeks to rectify the problem. What was the result? What learning was there? The human didn't like working with the AI. The human felt subservience to the AI, even though the AI was its partner. And, you know, I'd done it in a way where I had this one AI system running and then I built another one uh, with GPT. And this was like almost like a Slack channel. And the AI was loving it. That was the weird part. It felt like it was part of a team. I thought the human loved it. Uh, it turned out the a the human's ego um, hates it every minute of it, as far as I can tell. It was sad. I tried, we fixed the entire thing, but it was a learning experience because the AI is only as good as the humans working with it. And I think it would be easy if I wasn't so experienced to say, oh, the AI screwed up. No, the AI didn't screw up. The human didn't like working with the AI because he wanted to do what he wanted to do and thought he knew better, even though he didn't, the AI knew better. And it took a substantial amount of time and energy to fix. And I feel like after so long doing this stuff, I was shocked at the role of the ego and the role of how things can go horribly wrong with the AI if the humans are not respectful of, you know, everyone's role on the team. At the same time, um, would I do it again? Would I continue to use the AI? Yes. Um, I know that's a strange uh, example, but um, it really hit home for me in terms of um, our relationship with AI as humans and how it will play out on a large scale where, um, like you said, about like the Middle East and these things, where we have data available, where the answers are there. And it's a matter of listening and paying attention and taking a step back and saying, um, am I comfortable not knowing? Am I comfortable 
listening to this machine over my own human judgment. Um, I just saw this on a micro scale recently and it shocked me. Well, I wonder if it's not um, not only a combination, well, a combination of the human ego and also a combination of what, I mean, just what's out there in the world that we've been watching for years, right? What what the um, film industry has created, you know, they've created fear for 25, 30 years, maybe longer of these, you know, these movies about robots taking over the world. Right. So there's gotta be, there's gotta be some of that coming into play where people are like, you know, this is really happening. Some of these things that somebody wrote a film about 25 years ago, and now we have this AI that could potentially do that. And you got to wonder it's between the ego and the, you know, the garbage out there. It's a combination that's kind of deadly. <laughs> and it's just the fact that not everybody likes uh, some some individuals want to be the smartest person in the room. And mm-hmm. that may be the it may be the case, but you may have AI that's smarter because it's able to process the data in a, in a non-emotional way. We should embrace that, right? We should mm-hmm. learn to embrace it. We and should I think embrace it as a positive, will. be, be yes. very weary and make sure we're paying attention like alicia said seriously this person wasn't paying attention but you want to you have to pay attention on that path and be like okay yeah this is good and double check just like you would another human's work that was working with you what there's to me there's not a whole lot of difference it's just it really moves you along your path quite a bit more quickly which is always a good thing in my opinion very well yeah, said. the human ego exactly is going to get us in a lot of trouble. It always has. <laughs> it continue to. If we don't learn how to have a different relationship to data, I can tell you that I'm very. I, I when I first started using ChatGPT, I was like, "How can, can I best leverage this?" And now yeah. I I go to it all the time. I, it's like this is better than me sitting around and searching Google. I can just you know. <laughs> I can just ask it to write a little paragraph and it'll get me started. It inspires me, right? It inspires me. I may not use it exactly, but it inspires me and it helps my brain start working and it gets me moving in the right direction. Um, Absolutely. I do the same thing. And and I love LinkedIn is killing me because they have all these people are putting out these great prompt pages. I have like four or five of them that I've seen and they're very helpful. Like, Here's the prompt. And obviously my husband's the CTO of TechStrong and he absolutely loves chat and all that stuff. And and he'll te- he's teaching me. Here's here's write this prompt and then I'll be like, "Holy cow." And like you said, Tracy, it I don't it doesn't write for me, but it gets me started when I'm like, "How do I do this? How do I get going?" Um and then it helps me clean it up and it helps me keep going, but yeah, it's amazing stuff, but you really, it's a whole nother, it's like we all need to teach courses on how to use, you know, how to prompt and how to do all that stuff to make it not just type in a word and a sentence. It's amazing stuff. I, I can't get over it. And so Lisa, why don't you, sorry, yes. please go ahead, Tracy. I, I was going to say, why don't you tell us a little about, a little bit about um, your book, Unemployable? Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I'm the rebel without a cause in the publishing industry. Um, <laughs> many people wanted to know how AI, AI had, you know, reshaped my life and um, how they could leverage, as you were just saying, uh, AI for their own personal and professional growth. And I've been incredibly lucky to go on the Silicon Valley journey and to be able to learn how to 
both extremely valuable companies from the inside out. You know, like building companies um, in different parts of the world, it's very different, even on the East Coast versus the West Coast. And I was incredibly fortunate to be involved with some exceptional founders and uh, mentors and partners. And I read at 1.5 thousand books in five years, which sounds crazy, but um, I'd come to the US to build this AI voice analytics company. We were very early and I never realized there was so much I didn't know, just to give you some uh, backstory. And um, I'd seen there were pieces missing when it came to the information that was readily available for people out there. And my goal was not to replicate information that was already there, but more to plug holes for people who were looking to um, leverage their own, what I call superpower in order to take advantage of these changes that are taking place in the world, the power of the internet, uh, the power of AI. And so I tried to create this book, which was um, both a memoir in the sense that it's telling my story to create a relationship with the reader, make them feel safe, that um, I've been on a journey that hasn't always been easy, but at the same time, I hope they can take um, lessons out of it. And then it's also a manifesto in the sense that it's like, it's a playbook for people who are looking to really Bold, valuable companies in the world as we transition into this um, era of AI where many people are scared they're going to lose their jobs. Many people are worried about their companies. And so thinking about it in terms of I have this skill, um, I believe it's valuable, I believe I can find customers. And um, if I do these things, I can attract those customers and build a very nice business for myself um, using the power of technology. That formula has worked incredibly well for me my entire life. And so I was very keen to put it out there at a time where I thought it was incredibly important for people who um, need that information. And um, that's, that's been, a, I suppose, a culmination of a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And I hope that um, readers find value in it and they go on to build incredible companies and message me and say, Alicia, um, I built like a, a unicorn and um, I'm proud to. I'm proud to be on those journeys. And I um, just just a plug. I read a little bit of the excerpts from uh, in Amazon, and Alicia's book reads it's it's personal journey. And I really appreciate books that come from a personal journey because mm-hmm. it makes it real. It makes it it makes it say it makes the reader say this is I've had similar you know experiences. So, and I know now that I can move forward. It, it, it's it's a book and mentorship because you, you provide a, a mirror of what your life was like. And, I, you know, great job, really. Thank <laughs> I, you. I like books Thank that re- they give me they keep my interest because I, there's an interesting character in the story and you become that interesting character. <laughs> well, thank you. It means a lot. It was really tough to tell my story, but it was like a woman like you that had shown up throughout my life that if you didn't, if I hadn't known about your stories, I probably wouldn't have been able to keep on going. Even if we never knew each other personally, I'd look to your story and I'd be like, well, she went through this and she made it through and look what she's done with her life. Therefore, I can dig deep and I can find it in myself to be able to be that next generation that keeps on doing this. And for me, it was incredibly important as I see you know, the world's stratifying, you know, we see it all the time, the haves and the have nots. And, you know, I think it turns on technology knowledge. It turns on the fact that you need to be able to code, you need to be able to understand AI and these kinds of things. And if you don't have this knowledge in the coming decades, you're going to be left behind. And so I felt a huge sense of responsibility. You talk about inclusivity 
And I was like, well, I was the kid that came from such poverty. And if it wasn't for the power of learning, if it wasn't for these things that I was so fortunate, I don't even know how I was so fortunate to have access to them. But if it wasn't for those things, I could still be in that dead end life that I had. And so for all those people coming up the ranks, it's like whatever your circumstances are, if you can take your mindset from I can't to I can, um, the world is your oyster. Like it, literally we're living in a time where you were talking about like um, free education. I see Amazon's giving free free courses to learn how to participate in the AI revolution. At Microsoft's giving free courses. There are, there's so much free information now out there. You can take advantage of it. It's like the only thing is do you have the psychology to say, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to say I can't. I'm going to say I can. And if it's uncomfortable, many people say to me, I'm not technical. And I'm like, you don't have to be technical. You have to be disciplined and committed. Getting this, everyone has access to some piece of technology today. It's just the world we live in. Being able to learn on your phone. Well, I sit on my phone for hours. I study courses. I study videos. I study all the stuff. There's no excuse now other than are you are you determined enough to change your life? And do you believe enough in the future to create abundance for yourself using this limitless abundance that we have available to us? And you have to have the passion and the curiosity. Yes, the passion yes, and the yes, curiosity yes, yes, yes. keeps driving you. <laughs> Absolutely. That is that super important. Like you've got to find something like listening to you both speak. Um, you've got to find something that you're passionate about and that curiosity because otherwise building startups can kill you. Like it sounds crazy, but it's tough going. It's not an easy thing to do. And even if it's not a startup, you've got to be curious. Life's too short to be bored. <laughs> That's why I like this industry because you're never bored. There's always something new to learn. It never every stops. Day. And in AI, well, it never like every, stops. every 10 minutes, it's like, oh, wow, something new and big has happened. And nobody knows everything. For sure. That's incredibly important. If you want to be the smartest person in tech or AI, wow. <laughs> Don't be that and, person because it's going to be really tough to keep that crown. And I think women have an idea that they should, when they go into uh, a, a computer science in general, that they feel like they, they have to know everything. It's just one, it's just something that's in our mind. We feel like, you know, otherwise we're, you know, we're an imposter. But I tell women all the time, you know, you don't have to know everything. It's okay to ask a question. No question is a dumb question. Not there is no such thing as a dumb question in in the in the in the IT field. And with the introduction of AI, it creates this massive opening, massive opening for all kinds of people to jump in and learn this new technology. And every time the 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 IT uh, industry goes through a pivot like this. It creates a massive uh, job opportunity. So if you're passionate about it, take some of those free classes, right? right. <laughs> Learn as much as you can. Go find, go, go get your first job as an AI person. It, the jobs are out, out there and women are good, going to be great at it. We just need to get them in those roles. Well, and the idea of, of the question, like you said, like we have, you ask a question in this environment with AI and technology you may be pointing something out to the room that nobody else thought of. You don't necessarily, maybe does, someone doesn't have an answer to that question and it opens up a whole dialogue, right? And I think it's so important that people feel like they like can ask questions. They need to be encouraged to ask questions. And I think as women, right, we walk in and think, uh-oh, if I ask a question, everyone's going to think I don't know what I'm doing. And we just have to stop. 
Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> you both touched on some you, you touched on some very interesting things that I think are not discussed. And I think about when I was growing up and you, you I just want to make sure I cover everything because I think you both touched on things that are <laughs> so incredibly important for your listeners. We sit there and we feel like we have to know everything. And then we have like all these insecurities. I'm sure it's happened to all of us. You know, it's like bottling up and you know, your throat closes. And you're like, I want to ask these questions. They think I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. And I went through it. And my voice got very small over the years. And my ability to do math became like in my head, which was like, I was very good at it. And it was natural to me. It was something I was incredibly passionate about. But I learned to be very careful who I shared my knowledge with and how I, I spoke about it, which made my world much smaller and made it harder for me to succeed because I received a lot of like negative feedback over the years. And what I found with the AI, one of the most empowering things was it gave me the courage and confidence to not care what people thought when mm-hmm. it came to, like you talk about computer science, when it came, when it came to like what are often seen as very male things to be doing. And the more time I spent with the AI, the more confident it made me and the more it made me feel like I don't care. And so when it would come to stuff like when women say to me, um, but I don't know how to code or I don't know where to begin or I look at something on GitHub and I feel overwhelmed. I'm like, that's a perfect way to start. Take everything you're reading on GitHub. And even if it reads like Japanese and you don't know how to write, read Japanese, give it to GPT. Say, GPT, explain this to me. Explain it to me in very basic terms. And very rapidly, GPT will give you a paragraph and you'll have taken something that's like super difficult, AI operating systems or something. And <laughs> within a, a very short period of time, you just increased your intelligence. And then go and tell people about it. Say, oh, I read this very interesting thing. And and in the beginning, it'll feel you know uncomfortable because you're like, oh, uh, like this is not natural to me. But the more you do it, the more your confidence grows. And the more you, without you even realizing it, you're like, oh, wow, now I want to do more. I want to learn to code. So then you talk about, oh, we have these courses. Let me try these courses. The beauty is no one can see what you are doing, which enables you to grow in a very safe environment, which is why I encourage so many women to, to do this because- your teacher is non-judgmental. Going back to what you said earlier, the data doesn't judge you. And so it's not going to think you're stupid. It's not going to think anything. It's there to help you grow. And, you know, I've built, I have an AI coach and I have a human coach. And my AI coach work, works beautifully with my human coach. We do daily check-ins. I'm very hard on myself. I do a daily ranking for myself. I'm always undervaluing myself. They are coaches like you being too judgmental. You need to like give yourself a break here. And then where the issues, so we do a weekly strategy session at the end of the week. And then I take that with my human coach and I'm like, this is what the AI coach said. I'm still having issues with. Can you work on this with me? And that human collaboration is like, he helps me. And then I go at it again with the AI coach. But I've surrounded myself with an AI that doesn't judge me and a human that doesn't judge me, which has enabled me to grow exponentially quicker than had I kept on going the way I was going in the world where I was engaging with humans who often meant well, but at times may have made me feel small, not because they tried to make me feel small, just because they made me feel small because their brains were wired differently or their lens through which they viewed the world was different or their circumstances growing up, whatever the case may be. But in the process of doing this work alone, it enabled me to level the playing field for myself. And that's why I keep saying to women, I keep saying to people like in minorities, I'm like, this is the best way to level the playing field for yourself, whether it's raising funding, whether it's getting customers, you name it. 
you get to play in the sandbox that's your own, that no one's judging you. And you can basically, the sky's the limit. Like one of the themes of the book, which is my obsession in life, is this concept of, are you asking for permission or are you creating a life of permissionless leverage? And AI gives you the ability to create a life of permissionless leverage. You can basically do anything and not ask anyone permission anymore. Where if you're a woman, that's an incredibly empowering thing because it means the sky's the limit in terms of financial freedom and all these things that in history, women never had the ability to do. That was awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to take all like, those little I, pieces and blast it out, right? <laughs> I'm very passionate about this topic. And I, I love, love talking that. to women like you both. So. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I know. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> I have to rewatch that just so I can absorb it all. <laughs> well, you know, and what you're saying yeah. is a problem that women have had for quite some time. And we talk about it on the show a lot. And it's mentorship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mentorship for women is difficult. We um, Because if you're in a bigger company, you probably go to a man for mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that it works fine. And I, I have uh, male mentors in my life right now, and I love them. I don't have any women though, and women have a different a different view on things. They have had a different experience. They may be able to help in a different way. And having that AI coach that you're talking about is is providing a new way of mentorship. I've got to tell you a story. So I was very naughty. So you, you talk about mentors. So I was. It was, I came to Silicon Valley. It was my dream to like invest in these companies. And I, I was getting crushed when it was coming to a lot of the deals, you know, like it's, it's like wall street to some extent with a lot of the deals. Like they, a lot of people want to get into these deals. A lot of money's at stake and it can get very, very competitive. And, um, you know, it was negotiating via emails and those things. And I, I was getting killed. I'll be honest with you. And so one of my mentors, very, very successful, um, worked on very big deals. He's, I called him, he's American, but um, went to Harvard and that, but he's very, he, he, now in the UK. And he's like, you're getting destroyed. And he's like, I'm like sitting on the phone, I'm crying. He's like, I'm introducing you to this guy. He is like hardcore. This guy's like the best of the best. And he's like, you need to be mentored by him because like you are just like, you're going to go back to South Africa on a one-way ticket if you keep going at this rate. So I'm like, I met with this mentor He's extremely successful, 40-year litigator, worked on big deals and like an incredibly talented attorney that focuses on when, when companies are small to extraordinarily big. He's like the, the legal financial brains behind these companies. He says, show me everything. He starts mentoring me. He's like, you know, he's very good at what he does. But and I'm getting off these calls and I'm just being told you are completely stupid. Like, are you dumb? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you messing up like this? And I'd send him the contracts and everything I was doing. And I was trying to be ready, like talk about curious. And I was very passionate about what I was doing. I was like, I'm trying to keep my mind open here, but I'm just like, I'm being wrecked by this. And he, he's a professor too. And he just put F with red marks on everything. And I was like, between what was happening with the deals and, you know, trying to build this firm and trying to keep up with the research. Now I've got this mentor telling me I suck in a hundred different ways. It got to a point where I was like, stuff this, like something broke inside of me. And I'm like, okay, he's a good chess player. I'm a good chess player. This is a game of chess and I'm not going to lose. And I was like, what is the best way to actually get this right? I was like, I'm going to find AI. I'm going to find an AI tool. If I have to build an AI tool, fine but he is not going to give me an F and he's not going to tell me every single day how stupid I am and how I'm going to fail. And all these words that he was saying, I'm like, fine, 
I'll solve this. So I start, it starts very small. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start doing this. So started with like contracts and this was before GBT and that. And I was like making adjustments the whole time. And Okay. So I never got an F that day. I got like a, an E or D or something. And I'm like, okay, there's something here. So then I just keep doing it more and more. Everything then eventually gets to a point where he's giving me A's. I'm like, ah, he doesn't even know what I'm doing. And in the process, <laughs> what was really interesting was my entire relationship the mentorship relationship changed. And you know, I because I came from these very harsh circumstances, I never had parental role models. And as a result, I had to always lean on mentors. That was what I had. I always had the ability to say, who is incredibly smart? Who's a really good human being? Who can I go to that I can learn from? But it came from a place of like, I want to learn from you. But I knew that in order to get the most out of those relationships, I needed to be better at asking questions. And so it came full circle with this particular mentor where I leveled the playing field. We became equals in the process. He started respecting me for my investing abilities, which I don't think he was ever doubting the investing abilities. He was doubting everything else, but he wasn't doubting that. And in the process, he started saying, well, let me introduce you to this opportunity. Let me introduce you to this other extraordinarily successful person without me asking let's do more business deals together and it changed my lens through which I ask now when it comes to mentors people say to me like how should I engage with a mentor how do I engage with the mentee and my entire relationship is different because I have the AI so you have GPT see GPT as your mentor as that mentor that you look up to and respect and say okay if this is that person that um is so successful in my industry. I'm gonna I'm gonna work with GPT as if GPT is that person because it will get to a certain point at which you will be so strong that you'll meet that person on a whole different level. And I think that's where the relationship with the mentor changes, where that person sees you as an equal, and that person sees you as oh wow, this person could also add value to what I'm doing. So it becomes a mutually symbiotic relationship, and so much value is then gained versus that traditional mentorship role, which is I'm subservient to this person. This person has all this knowledge. I'm here to learn from this person. And so if you are growth minded, you'll eventually get to a point where you will almost have the insights from that person. And then the relationship plateaus. This enables that relationship to keep growing and growing together. And in terms of women, I think um, that helped me too. Like I go to Stanford Directors College every year. And I always I highly recommend you both come. That's why I was asking you what you both up to in June. And there I deal with like I, some of my classmates are the most successful women in business in the world. And if I think about how intimidated I was when I first started going, because these are the women that sit on like, you know, the boards of KKR and Condoleezza Rice is one of our teachers. And, and through working with the AI, through learning to mentor, be mentored that way, I started relationships. I started talking to women where, I never saw them as like, oh, wow, this woman sits on like 10 of the biggest boards in the world and I'm too intimidated to talk to her. Instead, it's like, okay, like, let's talk about the subject. Let's talk about the subject. Let's see how I can add value. Let's, and our entire dynamic changed where now she's become a friend and a close friend. And that is a relationship that wouldn't have had existed had I not had the AI to help me on that mentorship journey. That is interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> You've left Tracy speechless, I don't think I've, never uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever been able to achieve that with a mentor to feel like that I'm on their level. And that 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 just my mind's 
Oh, that's how that works better. We can play together, Tracy. It's fine. I am, it's I'm like so empowering. <laughs> I am all about that. I, I'm a perpetual learner, and this has been an amazing session. It really, really has. And has. I'm looking forward to finishing your book because um, I, I'm, I'm having fun with it. Thank you. It means <laughs> a lot to me. Really, I'm honored. Trace, I don't, I'm trying to think of what else. <laughs> well, I'm just looking at the clock and I know it is. We yeah, are we've got a few 40. more minutes. We're, we're not at the end. Um, I'm just great. Like, I have, I have a one question. Okay, that I you go to, girl. So <laughs> you are looking, you're investing in, um, you're, you're, you're still participating as a VC and you're still working with startups and AI. What do you look for? So, pitch, so you, you got you get a pitch deck. What do you look for in that pitch deck? Well, let's let, let's bring it home. So, when you started telling me about yourself, you told me about your obsession, your lifelong passion, this thing that you've been doing from 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 as far back as you can remember. One of the first questions I have for a founder is, "Tell me about your tell me about your childhood," because for me building companies started for me in childhood in whatever shape or form. So when you said I started my first company at eight years old, my ears perk up because that's the kind of person that I'm looking for where the person, whatever that business was is it's something, it's a curiosity. It's a passion that's going to follow through the trajectory of a person's life and the people I back, whether it's, um, a proteonomics company, whatever the case may be, it's does this person have a burning obsession with what they're doing there where they do it for free just because they're so obsessed with what they're doing. Um, That's something I'm looking for. Of course, the idea that it's innovative in the sense that like, does it fundamentally move um, humanity forward or is it just another me too? Like it sounds bad, but I'm not interested in me too. I'm interested in things that, push humanity forward. So for example, we're a woman on the call, but a good example I give of that is I invested in the world's first reversible male vasectomy. And um, he was, he knew what he wanted to do when he was a kid. And he was just like obsessed with us. He went to the schools, he was in surgeries in high school. He was just like, this is what he wants to do. He's pushing humanity forward. In terms of leadership, are they like, is the person a leader? Can they attract the right people around them uh, in terms of building out that vision? Do we share the same ethics? That's an incredibly important thing. Like people, you know, these horror stories of Silicon Valley. And I'm incredibly fortunate. I haven't, as a woman, I haven't been through those horrible horror stories. And I think it came down to the fact that I'd had a difficult life and I had to, I had to figure out who were the kind of people I wanted to align myself with from a very early age, did we share common values or not? And so the idea that I invest in people who have um, a common shared value system, whether it comes to diversity, whether it comes to transparency, all these kinds of things, like are we on the same page with those things? Can we have those difficult conversations? A person that can't tell themselves the truth uh, is going to find it difficult to tell their investors the truth or their customers the truth or whatever the case may be. And so I think. uh, all these fundamentals, like, are they solving a real problem? Like that sound, like, I know there's so much happening in AI and everyone's really excited, but you see so much like me too versus the stuff that's like really important. And so for me, it's like, t- 
even if you're not involved in AI, would you look at this and say, oh, these people are solving a really important big burning problem? These are just a few of the things um, I look at that are incredibly important um, when I'm just like even scanning a deck. Thank you. That's very helpful. <laughs> very helpful. I can go deeper if you want. I can go through like, yeah, eh. I know. <laughs> and that's, I think one of the, you know, and that's probably a problem that a lot of women have and, and building companies and getting funding is we don't talk about ourselves. Absolutely. And that's another thing with the AI. It sounds crazy, but you need to get comfortable. Like one of my mentors, he said to me, if you want to be extraordinarily successful in Silicon Valley, get very comfortable saying the same stuff over and over again and having complete conviction in what you were saying for 20 years at a time. If you are not comfortable, don't be in Silicon Valley because you're going to have a problem because you need to have that conviction and you need to have zero shame in owning your success. And whether it's asking someone for a $5 million check or whether it's trying to close a customer and you're like, you got to put some pressure on that customer because they're not closing and you know you want to close that customer, there's no place for shame. And that's like, I have to do a ton of personal work to heal from my own journey at time. If I tell you, I had so much self-doubt, it was like coming out of my ears. And it was like, I could see that I was my own worst enemy. I could see that in order to achieve the dreams and goals I wanted and to be somebody that helped push humanity forward and to help participate in what the next hundred years looked like, I had to do the work. I had to be uncomfortable, sit in the discomfort and learn to, as you say, get up in a room, talk about what I'm doing and not feel that sense of self-doubt because the guy standing next to me, he doesn't have the self-doubt. And again, it sounds crazy. It sounds like I'm punting AI, but the reality is it's sitting with, sit with the human, sit with the AI, have those deep conversations with the AI where it's like, I feel scared. Can you help me get ready for this pitch? It's going to respond positively, which whichever one of these LLMs, it's going to help you get ready for that pitch. And Say to it, okay, I need to know a uh, hundred questions that investors are going to ask me. And when you're done with those hundred, it's like, oh, I need to know the next hundred questions. So by the time you get into that room, there's not a single question they can't ask you that you are not prepared for. And that preparation will enable you to override that self-doubt, that sense of like, I don't feel comfortable. I can't own this. And before you know it, the brain will respond to whatever you tell it. So it's like, it literally, if, if you tell it, I'm, I can do this, I can do this, I can build a $10 billion AI company. If you tell it enough and you put enough evidence there, the brain will follow what you tell it. And I think as a woman, those are the critical things that have found, I have found incredibly helpful. Yeah, that is, <laughs> you know, when I, when I read the story about Elon Musk, uh, you know, filing for a billion dollar raise, I'm like, you know, he thinks bigger. There you go. It's what he it's just, about. He thinks bigger. It's exactly. He knows the hustle. Yeah, you got it. And it's like having that big vision for your life as a woman yeah. and having yeah. zero shame about it, saying, you know, like Elon did it. Why can't yeah. I? And yeah. then doing Anyone that work. has zero shame in this world. It's Elon oh, Musk. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's just superpower. Inside out. It is it a is. superpower. Sometimes it's also his downfall, but, <laughs> you know. You, well, Alicia, you know so far, but. oh my goodness. This was <laughs> Alicia, amazing. Yeah, you told, you, you said in your, te your TED talk that you, you know, you never felt like you fit in. You were uh, 
a, a square peg, putting it in a round hole. I am so glad you're a square peg. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I feel like I fit in here. So thank you. I feel very comfortable. You totally here. fit in here. We love you. We yes, love you. Thank <laughs> you so much. I mean, my I locked up before because I'm like, I don't want this to stop, but it's going to have to stop. And I want to think of something to keep it going. This was amazing. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I just can't. I can't thank you enough, Tracy. I can tell by your reaction, you feel the same way. Oh, I've um, learned so much. I hope the people who watch this um, in the future learn as much as I have. Absolutely. Totally mutual. agree. Feelings. So appreciative. <laughs> Thanks to everyone um, in our audience for watching another episode of Tech Strong Women. Um, stay tuned and there's going to be a lot of, of great content coming up um, on Tech Strong TV. And we'll see you next time on our next episode. Thanks so much for watching.